RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. Good. This is morning, Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio You know who I am. My name is Brian Duffy, and uh, this is Duffified Live, and it's a Friday morning, everybody. And uh, I uh, have been traveling. I, I spent last week spending about 20 minutes to a half hour just kind of doing some recaps for everybody about where I've been, what I've been doing, uh, the amount of mileage that I have put on my body and on a Harley Davidson uh, from my boys out there at Lone Wolf Harley out in uh, Spokane, Washington. I went out there for the Crave Northwest Festival, which is uh, just an awesome time every year. It's really been a nice event. This is an event that was put on by a chef and a marketing company at the same time. Um, which is kind of a cool little world because the chef gets a vision and then for somebody to be able to execute that vision is something that I find to be um, uh, to be kind of cool. You know, I, I have a lot of visions in my head for a lot of things that come on and, uh, uh, and, and in the execution end of it, typically things get stalled or they kind of fall, fall stale or they fall behind because, you know, I mean, not a lot of people are are, are, you know, not a lot of people have the drive that we do. Um, so this was a really kind of cool event um, that gets put on every year. So if you guys ever get a chance, I highly suggest that you guys run out there um, and uh, and check it out because it's a really kind of neat event. It's in Spokane, Washington. Um, it's at the top of uh, um at the Center Place uh, uh, Event Center, which is kind of neat the way that they do it. They've got a huge space out back um, that they put together, and, and it's really a neat event. I love being out there, and I love getting to, to chill out with the boys and the girls um, that are all out there. So uh, my, boy, my buddy, like uh, Chef, Chef Chad White, he was out there this year. It was good to see him. He did a, a pretty awesome octopus dish. Um, there were uh, there were some really really neat events that were going on. There were uh, uh, like the first night was uh, smoking wall. I'm sorry, was seafood night, um, and then uh, the whole thing is put on by uh, Adam Hegstead, uh, who is a pretty awesome dude who who does has a lot of restaurants out there um, in, in that area. He's got a bunch of different spaces, and he's got a bunch of really good chefs that work with him as well. Um, and just does some really cool things out there. So, uh, he, hold on. So I'm actually reading this right now. So Hegstead, who is, uh, Adam is just a really, really cool dude. He's a James Beard nominated chef and owner, uh, co-owner of the wandering table, the gilded unicorn and Burger, um, and eggs, uh, yards, brunch in eat good cafe, lick catering, Republic kitchen and tap house, farmhouse kitchen, silo bar, honey co, uh, and others, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, uh, it's pretty neat to uh to be out there they invited me two years ago i got out there i drove around hopped on a harley with my boys from lone wolf um had a passenger last year on the back this year i rolled solo with my buddy jeff uh jeff amazing trip thank you so much 1463 miles through uh montana uh down across over through the glacier national park into uh eureka montana eureka montana down to lincoln Montana, which is where uh, Ted Kaczynski was found, which was pretty cool. Uh, that's the post office box, I guess it was, where he was uh, mailing his uh, I'm going to kill you 
uh, packages out. Um, and then from there, we went down into a tiny little uh, town called McCall, which wasn't bad. Food sucked. Then from McCall into Lewiston, Lewiston was kind of a freaky, funky little town um, out there on the uh, right on the corner of the the uh, the Snake and the Clearwater River. Um, had a really funky uh, cab driver, like I said last week. Uh, I called him uh, FTN, which was Fat Ted Nugent. Um, it, 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 the guy was a riot. He was a riot. Uh, he was just an unhappy, uh, a very happy dude. But he was like a shady cab driver. Hated Ubers. Hated all other cab companies. Uh, and the only and you know he's going to put everybody else out of business. So. Uh, it was kind of funny to listen to him talk. And then we got picked up by, uh, I can't remember her name, Charlotta, Carlotta, Carlotta was her name. She was our, our cab driver, um, who we then picked up, uh, a gentleman. I cannot remember his name. I want to say his name was Ryan and Ryan was drunk. Um, when we picked him up at his house and his mother had just died, uh, about two hours earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, she, uh, she drove him crazy, but he loved her. So we dropped him off at the bar, uh, the wing bar, he, which was the old strip club. Um, and he was going downstairs in the basement to get even if a uh, quote, these are air quotes in the air, even drunker than I am now. Uh, my buddy Jeff, uh, who does not drink, was in the back seat next to him, smelling his, uh, his afternoon um, uh, libations. Uh, as this gentleman proceeded to get as drunk as possible after his mother passed away at the end of the day from working. So, uh, Ryan, we're affectionately going to call you. Uh, prayers and thoughts are out to you, my friend, for the loss of your mother um, and the possible cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, so, uh, just kind of a nutty couple of weeks between vacation before that. And then the girls and I were down in West Palm, shot a commercial down there for a brand new as seen on TV product, which I don't do a lot of them. The last one was a blast. This one is going to be even more of a blast. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. You guys can uh, make fun of me all you want. I love it. But guess what? Papa's got to pay the bills. So that's what happens with that world. Um, you know, I said I was going to go into a whole kind of world of hospitality. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for our next guest to uh, to do that. Because, um, I, you know, I meet a bunch of crazy, awesome chefs as I travel, as I I mean, it, look, I met a chef in an airport the other day who was a really, really cool dude and kind of uh, kind of schooled me on what it's like to be in a kitchen in an airport. Um, you know, had a great conversation with him. It was really kind of eye opening when you think about it in this day and age, you know, with with the the increase of offerings that are happening in airports and stuff like that. Um I had a really good conversation with him, so I hope we're going to be able to get him on in the next couple of weeks. He wasn't really interested in it, but I can tend to be uh, uh, a little persuasive with certain things. So I'm hoping it's going to happen. We've got a couple of other fun guests that are going to be hopping up in the next uh, – Sorry for sniffling in your ear. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we're trying to bang out as many uh, as possible before I start heading back out on the road. I've got a couple of events coming up. I'm going to be out in Washington again in uh, the Tri-Cities, I think it is. I'm going out there because I get to go out and hang out with the uh, the Idaho Potato Board, Lamb Weston as well. Um, going up there to check out some stuff. I'm going to be harvesting potatoes and um, kind of working with some potatoes and learning uh, all about the spud. A little tuber that's growing down in the ground. I'm going to play with it for a little while and come up with some fun new things. So I love doing stuff like that. 
Um, and then just got a couple other cool little things going on, you know, a couple little things here and there. I've got to do some evaluations for clients. I've got to get out to Ohio. I've got to get into West Virginia. Uh, I've got to get in back into Vegas. So I've got some cool stuff going on. But again, I'm trying to spend this next four weeks home with my girls. Uh, this week was kind of fun with the girls. Fiona's actually up in the mountains. Uh, she heads back today. Um, Emily uh, was uh, rowed this weekend. She rode in an event with a, a new club, a new rowing club. Anybody doesn't know, Emily's a rower. She's a coxswain. Uh, Fiona's a softball and volleyball player. Uh, but Emily got out there and she won two awards or two uh she placed twice. I think they got two first, three times, I'm sorry, two first and a third in a regatta that they did this weekend and then was invited to go up to Canada to row at a Henley up there. So I'm pretty stoked to get up to that race. I'm going to drive up to Canada. I think I'm going to do a little stop, uh, maybe some Saratoga Springs, some Lake George on the way up and then head up into uh, the Niagara Falls area where you never know. If you can all remember this movie, my girlfriend is from the Niagara Falls area. You wouldn't know her. So if you can name that movie, then uh, I will send you a little little pack, a little pack of something, maybe a hat, maybe an apron, maybe a bottle of spice. Who knows? We can figure it out. So what do you guys have to do is tweet me what movie that is from. Uh, you wouldn't know her. She's from the Niagara Falls area. So with that being said, I'm actually going to talk about my new friend uh, who is a wonderful human being that I met while uh, in an airport in Amsterdam. Um, she is a chef from South Africa. She uh, now resides uh, anywhere between Boston, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, um, Nantucket, Cape Cod, wherever it is. She happens to be a yacht chef. Um, she's been on TV a couple of different times. Um, she is uh, pretty awesome um, in the world that she lives in. We have been friends now for just a couple months. Um, I am a big, big fan of hers. I've loved watching her kind of go through um, some of the fun stuff that happens on TV and whatnot. She was uh, a season eight finalist on Food Network Star, on Next Food Network Star uh, on the Food Network. And she's just a super cool chick. I found a lot about her out about her while we were uh, traveling. Um, you know, she's one of the mess lords. Um, and it was the first time that I, ever, I had ever met her, even though everybody else on the group on the on tour has met her. Um, I took a little bit of a break last year to open a restaurant, <clears throat> which they fucked up. Sorry. Um, they just sold it after it got shut down uh, by the Board of Health on July 6th. By the way, I no longer owned that restaurant when it got shut down. That was their own filth and grime that they chose to uh, completely disrespect a one and a half year old 260 uh, some odd thousand dollar kitchen that they got shut down for 18 critical violations. So uh, okay, so without further ado, I am going to get you guys all ready to speak to just the uh, the wonderful, the absolutely amazing, super bubbly, um, very knowledgeable, uh, very talented, uh, very creative, and really, in all honesty, just a super cool chick. Uh, her name is Linky Murray, and I want to welcome her to Duffified Live. Good morning, Linky. Hi. <laughs> so you're live. Why do you have a what? 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 Huh? I, I said, why do you have a Tampa number? Oh, because that's our producer. He lives. That's Jerry. Jerry's the master of all things 
down there in Tampa and radio and podcasting. Oh. Well, hi, Jerry. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> That's P-Tuck. P-Tuck's the shit. Okay. Now, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And we're totally live right, right now, Link, just so you know. So watch your language. Don't say fuck or shit or piss. Oh, my goodness. I never do such things. I'm a good girl. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. So let's uh, do me a favor real quick. Let's let the entire world know, uh, one, who are you? Even though I've already, just so you know, I've already introduced you, but I want you to tell us who you are and go. Okay. Okay. I'm Linky Mare. I, I'm, I am the shit. <laughs> no, I'm Linky. I'm, <laughs> I'm Linky Mare from South Africa. Um, detoured in Mississippi for 11 years. Then Boston used to be, um, a wedding cake artist, um, up there. Did some reality TV with Food Network. Uh, became involved with a big green egg, so became a grill master, and uh, then said, "Hey, I think I'm going to go try yachting." And now I'm a yacht chef out in Fort Lauderdale, and headed to Baker's Bay this week. Hello. Where's Baker's Bay? It's in the Bahamas. Who who doesn't know where Baker's Bay is? Hold on, Come it's on where? Now, Duffy. It's in the Bahamas. I don't know where Baker's Bay is. Um, Google it. <laughs> well, uh, why? But I have you right here. You said who doesn't know it, and I don't. So I guess I have to be on a yacht. Yeah, you need to be on a yacht. I mean, it's gonna, it's going to be pretty sick. We're going out there for two weeks. Um, I I love being a yacht chef because it's super unpredictable. Um, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. Um, you never know um, what kind of clients you're going to get. And um, just provisioning alone is like we call it yachting CrossFit. I mean, it's it's very very extensive. Um, you, you need to have a lot of high energy and I, I right. think I got a little bit just as such. So link, can you do me a favor real quick so that everybody, so we can build your following base as well. Can you tell us how we can get in touch with you on social media? I am the one and only linky Mare, and all my social medias are the same. It's L I N K I E M A R A I S. But if you just type in Linky, L-I-N-K-I-E, all my stuff will pull up. I'm the only one on social media with that name. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm not wild about Facebook. So follow me on Instagram. That's, that's my thing, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> but you can follow me on Facebook, too. I won't, I won't hate. You won't have a good Wi-Fi connection? Can you hear me? <laughs> no. Now we can. Oh, oh okay. Now I can hear you. Did you get any of the above? <laughs> we got, we got all we heard was I'm Linky Murray and that's it. No, I'm joking. We got oh. it. We got it all. We're all good. No, we got everything. So let's, good. let's kind of chat here. So let's, let's get into the world. I know a tremendous amount about you because of the fact that we spent two weeks together, uh, in the middle East. We spent two weeks together in, uh, Africa. We had the wonderful opportunity to go overseas and cook for the troops for 10, 12, 14 days. I think it was. Yep. And um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was the most amazing experience um, that I've, I've had. It was so rewarding, so amazing. It was great to get to know you guys. Oh my goodness, um, we had we had quite quite a bit of laughs and linkyism and duffifiedness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and on top of it, we uh, I have multiple pictures of you sleeping. <laughs> Whether that we, is a lie, and you know, actually, no, that's not a lie. No, 
It's not, and not, not only is it not a lie, but it became, uh, when I started to take pictures, I sent them to our dear friend and patriarch of this little group called the mess lords to Panini Pete, who Panini then replied with a tremendous, with a series of pictures of you <laughs> sleeping on other trips. So Linky would sleep pretty much anywhere. It was pretty awesome to see like the contortion world that she would live in to fit her head on a pillow made of 17 napkins in a Starbucks at 4 a.m. <laughs> in Ethiopia. So some cool shit. Um, I, I know. Listen, this is, this is what I tell people when I'm on, I'm 150%. And when I sleep, I sleep 150% too. I mean, you have to get number one, your beauty nap. And number two, to be able to keep up with myself, I need to, force myself to nap every once in a while just so I get that energy to go again. Yeah. It's a hardcore life. I mean, it's, it's a, especially when you get into the TV world of it and the, the personality side of it, it really, you have to be on all the time. You know I mean? You're constantly on the go. You're on a plane, you're in a kitchen, you're on a stage, you're in front of a camera, whatever it is. I mean, it's a hard life sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's why I love um, the yachting world so much. Um, it's because it, it's the same thing as, as television. Um, it, it's, it's literally you're on all the time. Uh, people ask me all the time, am I going to go on the show below deck? I'm like, eh, maybe, but I don't really have to because I live it. Like I live, um, you know, even if, you, even if you're off on a yacht, you're either watching lines of vendors or you're making sure that the guests don't, drunken guests don't stumble off the boat. And fall into the water. So yeah, it's, it, you know, it, just being a chef alone, the pressure I tell, I, I tell people all the time, you know, like one minute too much on a steak and it, it's medium instead of medium rare, you know? So yeah. it's, it's constant pressure. And I think that's why we love it so much. We, we have this weird, stupid addiction, um, to the pressure. I think I'm speaking to myself here. Well, no, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I thrive on it. You know, I mean, I just opened another restaurant this week and I thrive on it, you know, but, I, but for me, it's kind of funny because I've done it so many times and I've been at it for so long that, the, that I, you know, people say to me all the time, it's, I'm shocked that you don't get like upset. You don't get, you know, you don't get angry. You don't get, and it's just because I've just done it so many times. Yeah. I mean, you can't, right, you're, right. you're, you're relying on on other people to get done what you need to get done. So you have to educate the best way. Exactly. And I will say you do it pretty well. Uh, Let me tell, I just want this to go international. If you've (laughs) seen Duffy live in the galley or in the kitchen, it's like watching a bull at a China shop. I mean, Normal people unwrap the butter, take it out of the wrapper, put it in a pan. Nope. Not Duffy. He slams it on the countertop, rips off the paper like an animal, and then throws it in the pan just for the gratification of their butter splashing everywhere. It's pretty sexy to watch, I'm telling you. Pretty sexy. I, I, didn't re- I don't remember that. It must have been early in the morning. It must have been early in the morning. Um, <laughs> nope, that was pretty late in the afternoon, too. <laughs> nice. And it's the same with when we did the, the 2,000 or 3,000 hamburgers, whatever we made, um, the burgers for the troops. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you'll t- you t- he takes that meat and slap it on the countertop like he has to kill it before we, we kill it even more. I mean, it's, it's, you're an animal, Duffy, animal. I do what I got to do to get it done there, my friend. 
The fun part for that is doing 4,000 uh, burger or doing 2,000 sliced burger rolls and buttering them. That was really the exciting part for me, the toasting of that. That was probably the best seven hours of my life. So, <laughs> Well, I yeah. have a question. Have you done that again? Uh, have I done it again? Uh, I don't think I have. You know what? I, I've been uh, – once I got back from Africa, I think I ended up – you know, Link, I don't even know where I was. I don't even know where I ended up after Africa. When did we go to Africa? Do you remember dates? Uh, I don't. Uh, June somewhere. Yeah, you know what Are it is. Are you really I, asking the blonde for dates? <laughs> I flew home and then I went. I immediately. I think I was home for like two days with the girls, and then we flew down to West Palm, and we shot. I had to shoot a commercial in West Palm, and then I flew home, and then the, then we all we went to the Outer Banks, and then I was home for like oh. two days, and then I was in the Pacific Northwest. So I've been kind of all over. Um, but well, uh, I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to hear you complain, Princess, because I flew home from Djibouti, Africa with a sinus infection. You, you remember how sick I was. I remember. And went, and went straight into Nantucket Food and Wine, where I, um, it was really fun. Like, MC, the, the demo stage, did it, my own demo in a beef eater outfit uh, because it was the royal wedding. So whenever the royal wedding is, that's when we got back. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot about that. I did watch. The, I watched. I watched a little bit of the royal wedding. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that shit. I enjoy. You know what? I enjoy happy people. So I thought it was pretty That's cool something. to watch that. And then the worst part of the whole wedding was watching the entire rest of the world, who will never, ever, ever have a true insight into anything that was happening in any person who was on TV that day, into their mind whatsoever. But we made judgment. And we uh, we critiqued them and we talked shit about them, uh, despite the fact that two pretty cool people were getting married. Right. Exactly. I, I actually I missed it because I was on stage in a beef eater outfit. Right. But, um, I, I love keeping up with the pictures and, and I'm with you. I mean, we we're so quick to judge people when we have uh, no idea, um, you know, what they're capable of. And I think maybe that maybe that's why I like being a chef is because. I actually put myself out there to be judged. I'm like, here, here's my food. Can you like it? Can you like it? Can you like it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, we do. like that. Go, we like ahead. that. It, we like that instant gratification. Yeah, I think that's it. That's we it. want to know right away <laughs> what it is. And we do know whether it be through, whether it be through uh, the response from the guest or a server coming back to it. Now, now actually, let me ask you a question. So you have done, so next food network star, all that stuff. Have you ever, were you ever in restaurants? Um, I was once for two weeks. Um, <laughs> I, I went up to, um, to see Michelle. Um, she was with me, um, Michelle, Rugasis, she was with me on food network star. Um, she was running the Pearl, um, in Maine at the time. And right. she had just got through, I went up there to see her just to visit. And when I got there, she had somebody quit in the, in the kitchen and then she had, she fired some person and then another person threw out their back. So I went out there in a happy place. Hey, Michelle, I'm just going to like hang out while you work, you know, maybe go to the beach. Nope. She was like, Linky, this is what I need. This is a prep you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to learn how to execute tonight and you're executing on Friday night. And I was like, that's funny. Okay, let's do it. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. I was like, Oh my gosh, restaurants are so much fun. Um, and then that night after executing, I jumped off the dock into really, really cold water because I was like, this is very intense. It was, it was, it's very intense. It's, it's a, 
really rough um, life. You're all day on your feet. You're exhausted. Your lower back hurts. But then, you know, and you called and, and like, you called me a prima donna. <laughs> oh come on! It's, it's, <laughs> hey, I I want to get you on a yacht, Mister Bulldog. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I I have I have zero interest in cooking on a yacht. I've done it. I mean, I, I've done it. I've I've cooked in galleys on yachts and and stuff in the past. I don't. I just don't have, I don't have the, you have that inclination to do that. You have that, you have the personality to do that. And I just, I just don't, I just don't. It's not a world. I don't like to, I don't need, want to, or desire to kiss somebody's ass who has a shit ton of money. And you, (laughs) and that's not the way that, and you're not, that way because you have your own sarcasm that comes through but I just don't like if a kid comes up to me and tells me that he doesn't like the fact that I use strawberry jelly and grape jelly I'll throw him in the fucking water like you know that's <laughs> like that's just I don't know where your son is Dr. Blow Johnson he's gone I don't know where oh my, oh my gosh and I listen I came very very close to doing that a couple times this past season um, but it's, I think it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the gratification. But I will say on the flip side to that, I have no desire to work in a restaurant yeah. uh, where you get food sent back to the galley 50 times as opposed to like maybe, maybe on the yacht I'll have one person send something back. But, right. you know, I, I, I don't know how many times people go to restaurants and it's great restaurants and the food's great and, and they will still complain, you know. So well, that's um, our nature. That, we have That's created that, that in, in a world of social media and in a world of, 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 of creating these fictitious or empowered food critics, we created it, you know, with Yelp, with Google, with all the other stuff and, and Facebook, we have not only created it, we've allowed it because we have said for year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day, review me online, review me online, review me online. And then when we do get it reviewed online, we're like, well, fuck you. I can't believe you didn't like the way that I had my risotto. That's my risotto. You didn't like it because it was too creamy. Like, you know, we created that. I'm completely with you. And, you know, I asked myself and I want to ask you the same question. Is there any job that you would rather be doing than what you're doing right now? I would be a park ranger. Okay, I did not expect that. I would fully be uh, I would pull like a park ranger or like uh, a helicopter pilot flying people out to glaciers or something that would have to do with the outdoors. If there was a, a way to cook involved with that, I'd be pretty. I think that would be pretty cool. But for me, I think it all has to come to do with be, something being outdoors. Okay, well, you could you could still like you could open up a restaurant like no. somewhere in the glaciers. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but here's the problem with that. There's a lot of people out there. And you know, I just did I just did all of that. I just rode through. I just did four a little over fourteen hundred miles from from Washington into Mont into Idaho to Montana into Oregon back into Idaho like a whole bunch of stuff like that. And I did. I saw these amazing little spots all along the way, but you're really fully fucking reliant on, you know, you're driving through towns that have restaurants, a restaurant that has a thousand people as a population. Well, if there's, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. 
Uh, no, I'm interviewing you, Linky. What? It's, no, it's I'm, I, did, I kept show. up with that. I kept up with that whole trip of yours, and it looked amazing. Stunning. And I think you should go open up a restaurant in one of those populations. Here, I have a new challenge for you, oh, if accepted. Because I just did the whole glacier tour thing in Alaska. We did glaciers and dog sledding and everything, That's, and I got introduced to this small little town called Skagway, Alaska. Yeah. Where in the middle of the winter, it's 300 people. I, I dare you to go open up a restaurant there. Why? <laughs> Mr. I'll, say no. I'll say no right now. <laughs> I'm reliant on 300 people coming to my place seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, fuck that. Well, it's very seasonal. I mean, you have to take it in, into concept. But anyway. <laughs> well, there's, you know, I mean, that's, I, I did. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of these small restaurant owners who who are doing what they're doing. You know, I mean, they're 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 waiting tables. They are they're welcoming you in the front door. In some cases, they're cooking as well. And, you know, and then I go out to dinner with 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 my daughter last night to this little uh, Moroccan restaurant. And the, the owner of the restaurant is sitting next to us talking to people while we have a horrific server waiting on us. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just bad. Yeah. And, and then the woman looked over and she said, how is, is everything? And I said, no offense, but your server's horrible. You said that? <laughs> I did. Well, why? But, but that's my world, Link. I mean, that's I am in yeah. the world of, of, of helping restaurants grow. Now, I didn't say, by the way, I'm a restaurant consultant. I can help you. That's not what I did. But what I did say was, she's just not good. She needs more training. And she said, well, she is brand new. And I said, yeah, she just needs more training. But it was like, you know, she could, she didn't hear me at one point. She's like, huh, what'd you say? Oh, you boy. Know, I mean, like, just no class. And, and look, if you're and it was it was a finer dining style of restaurant. Emily and I were not dressed for this, but it was. A <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, we we always do. She has one of my greatest pictures that I've ever seen of it, that Emily posted was her and I had gone to to uh, Fleming Steakhouse. They have a great dry age, age ribeye there, just so you know. And we were literally okay. driving around like sweatpants, T-shirts. And, and she posted a picture of us walking into the restaurant. And she said, when you look like you're homeless AF, but you walk into Fleming's instead. Like it's just a classic <laughs> black and white picture of two schlubs. Walking into a red meal that cost like 140 bucks for the two of us. It was pretty funny, but <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on the bad service though. But see, you can you can fire bad, um, but servers. I can't fire my stew necessarily. The captain sometimes does. I had a stew once that was drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning. She used to pour out the Coca Cola in a Coke can and pour it in red wine instead, oh, and. Geez. Which is freaking that all day. Talking <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my gosh. So, oh my so gosh. let's let's. I, I want to get back into that stuff in a minute. But what I, I uh, obviously I have to ask you like the sim the the basic questions in regards to Food Network Star. I mean, what what? Because you know we we have a mutual friend. We have a couple of mutual friends, but we have one mutual friend with Chad Rosenthal. Right. Which, by the way, um, you talked about going up to Michelle's place. I Chad will literally post a picture of himself in a kitchen with like 700 checks and no cooks. And I'll text him and be like, Chad, dude, I'm, an, I'm 20 minutes away from you. I'm on my way right now. And he's like, no, no, dude, I got it. 
I got it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like 7:30, and you've got 77 checks hanging. I think I can come over and help you bang out some ribs. But right, but I'm not allowed. I don't know. He just doesn't let me in his kitchen. I don't know why. Do you want I to mean, talk about a fucking bull? You want to talk about a bull? Look at look at Chad I mean, work. He's an animal. I follow him on Instagram. Um, so yeah. I actually I met him. Um, let's see where did I meet him? I met him when I auditioned um, for Food Network Star. And our season was different than the other seasons. Like they broke us up into three different groups. So Team Alton, uh, Alton Brown, Team Giada, Delorentis, and Team Bobby Flay. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what happened was um, I, they flew me to Atlanta, and I originally um, auditioned for Alton Brown. And, um, I mean, we all know by now I'm not a nerd, um, and I, I just I wouldn't have fit into his team because he's just very like very quick-witted, very smart, like just all, all the people that were in his team was there for a reason. And I don't think I would have fit into that team, but I met Chad right there at the studio where Alton Brown used to shoot his good eats. And, um, I called him Russell, Russell Crowe. I was like, you are the Russell Crowe of the food world. (laughs) I mean, he was just such a handsome guy and I could not get, and so anyways, he was, I think it was a season after me or two seasons after me or whatever. Um, but since then I will never forget that he's, he's team Russell Crowe. That's, that's him. (laughs) Yes, he totally is. That's Chad. Chad. You're talking about, it looks like Russell Crowe, not Alton. Yeah. Chad. No, not Alton Brown. No. Yeah. So, 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 so how does that, I mean, I just don't, how long are you away for doing the show? Um, I was gone. I was gone for about, I think it was about four weeks, uh, or something like that. Three, four weeks. Um, and we, I mean, our show was crazy. I mean, we weren't allowed to have cell phones, no radio, no magazines, no TV. And I mean, what I think they do is they get all this, like all these, a whole bunch of I'll do a, a link here. Them. They get a whole bunch of chickens and throw them in the den and then put a snake in there chasing after them. And then while the snake's chasing after them, they feed the chickens alcohol and see how they act. And so that's my theory for Food Network Star. I mean, because we, at one point, they took the liquor away and Justin went, nope, that's not going to happen. And you better believe. He took some orange juice and some yeast. I mean, he's just this mad scientist food person. It's just amazing. And two days later, we had mimosa. You know, so it's it's stressful. It's intense. You're thrown in with these people that you you want to make, especially me. I want to make friends. (laughs) I mean, you know me. I'm like, can I be your friend? Can I be your friend? Can you be your friend? (laughs) And at the same time, you have to, like, compete with them and say, can I kill you? Can I kill you? Can I kill you? You know, so it's like literally... Probably one of the most, other than my divorce, it was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. And I would do it completely different if I do it, but if I did it again, by the way. But yeah. So, so they, so they like basically fully sequester you. They keep you hidden from the public. They, they keep you from talking. I mean, what about your family? Are you able to speak to your family at all? I spoke in that amount of time. I spoke to my ex husband at the time. Well, yeah, my ex husband. I spoke with him twice. Well, you guys and were together be, during that time frame. You guys were still married we, during when you were taping the show. Yeah, we were still okay. married during um, during that time. Um, okay. And I spoke with him twice during that period, and it was like ten minute conversations, and it had to be on speakerphone with a camera on your face. Okay. Yeah. So now, are they paying yeah. so you to do this? Nope, we were not paid at all. 
Yeah, fuck that. Um, yeah, exactly. Fuck that. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, I'm not going to do anything like that again, like, unless I get paid for it. That's why I was like, I'm, I may or may not do below deck. We'll see, because I actually pay you. So you go and you go, you know, get this whole stress with cameras in your face, but at least you get paid for it. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, so. I, went on a, I went on a date the other night with a woman who, uh, who was one of the Ooh. guests on the guests uh, on Below Deck. I think you texted me when that happened. And that was actually, yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you should have you t- told her to um, you know, message me so I can get some insight on what she thought as a, as a guest perspective she's a tall blonde too so you guys can have all sorts of stuff to talk about (laughs) (laughs) you guys you guys can have all sorts of tall blonde people things to talk about Duffy, i'm just impressed you wanted a date i mean i'm just like i'm so so happy i mean i'm i have a couple people i want to fix you up with i'm just saying if the date situation doesn't work out i mean just let me know i'm a single man link i'm a single man you know hey isn't it great being single i'm single too and it's great being single and i'll tell you why especially in our industry it's so hard to um have people that can keep up with our energy number one and number two you know me being gone on yachts all the time it's like you know uh it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty tough life you're gone and, well, and you the, you're on the road all the time so yeah. you you're gonna have to find a very patient woman well, lost, i mean i'll tell you i've 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 lost some pretty <laughs> I've, I've, I've gone through some pretty impressive relationships. You know, I've met some amazing people being on the road and, and, and the hardest thing is for me, you know, it's, uh, I, I say it all the time to people because when, when the conversation does come up about, you know, moving forward or doing the other stuff. And one of the things that happens is I say, look, the hardest part is that it's not like I can say, okay, I, I have my I have my children every other weekend and I work from nine to five so we can go away, especially in a long distance relationship. So we can meet each other every other weekend or you can fly here on the off weekends or whatever it works out to be. Or we can go and do this, this and this because it's not like that. It's like, well, okay, well, I'm going to be in Spokane, Washington next week. Okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, uh, you know, Bridgeport, West Virginia the week after that. Then I'm in Pittsburgh. Then I'm in Ohio. Then I'm in, in Sacramento. Then I'm, you know, so it's like right. there, there's really no balance because at that point, then you're saying, okay, can you fly to meet me here? You know, right. I'll try to fly. Right. I, I'm going to be in San Diego in four months. I'm going to fly out to meet you there. So it's a really tough existence in the world of dating. And then when you get home, for me, when I come home, the hard part about dating locally is that when I'm home, I want to be with my girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see, I luckily don't have that problem. Uh, right. Don't have kids, not planning on it. Um, you know, it, 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 but it, it's tough because like, when I'm home, when I'm home, home, where my cat is, my piano is. I'm, where my, my cat is. You're so my cat's there. <laughs> then I want to play with my cat and I want to play my piano and I want to paint. I don't, I don't want to go on a date. <laughs> exactly. No, like I'm moving this week and I'm trying to squeeze in social with friends, you know, and I'm like, okay, Hey, look, let's go out to lunch on Tuesday. You right. know, like I'm going out to lunch with one of my good buddies. He's a, he's a rider too. He's my tattoo guy too, but I'm going to like, I'm going out to lunch with him. And I just texted him when I'm home. I try to text you and let you know that I'm here. Let's try to make something happen as fast as possible. And even, you know, one of my best friends lives locally. He's my buddy. I just rode with, but my other best friend right. is in Taiwan right now or in Thailand, you know, and wow. he lives in St. Thomas. So it's kind of like, what's that? 
No, I said I thought I, I thought I was your best friend. I, like, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> you are in the top. You're in in the top ten of my friends. I think you're. Okay, I, I think you're fucking awesome. I mean, look, we we had never met before. We were thrown into a situation where we were going to be traveling all around, literally all through some pretty funky places. And I think we formed a nice oh, yeah. bond. I mean, I really enjoyed working with you. And and look, it, by no means am I say, not saying the same thing about about Jim, who was with us. But our relationship with it was different. I think Jim had some stuff that he was really focusing on. In regards to yeah. his next couple of weeks, and there were a right. couple it, of nights where he let that where he let loose, and it was fun. It was a fucking blast. It was amazing. But let me ask you this, okay? I know you're interviewing me, but first impressions. I mean, you did you think I was a princess? Be honest. And then you By, then you actually through, saw me in action, and you're like, okay, she can actually hang through the research that I had done about because I want to know who people are prior to getting on the road with them. So through the research, I watched some of your videos and stuff like that. And I saw that you were on food network star and I did, I totally did. I thought you were a princess, but when you yeah. got, one, I'm not going to lie to you. Totally did. And, and I thought to myself, yeah. I thought to myself, there's a chance that we're not going to get along because I, I, I had anticipated the prima Donna esque nature of what I've seen of people who want to be on next food network star. You know, right, we're talking right. about a, a group of people who, one, are, are relying solely on their personality. Even though it's a show, it's a cooking show, you're really relying solely on your personality because that's what people are voting for is the personality. But for in your case, you have personality plus you have looks. You're, I mean, for anybody who does not know, Linky is a beautiful, beautiful woman despite Aww. she's sleeping on in an Af in an airport in Ethiopia, but <laughs> but and you're also very talented because you know about food. You you don't know everything, and you know that you don't know everything. Just like I don't know everything. I learned a lot from you while we were working and and putting things together. And and it, it's it's a it's a world of impromptu, improvisational cooking, in some cases. Right. So right. And, and, and which will, you do that very well. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy I could prove you wrong. I love proving people wrong. But I will say because of that, um, if we can go back to, to Food Network, um, it's really, really tough because you get all this editing and stuff. Um, oh, so yeah. something may have happened like a certain situation and then you know, that wasn't the case. Like I know there's a few places where they portrayed me as a girl without confidence. And let's face that, I don't, I don't have a, that issue. Um, yeah. I have many issues, but that's not one of them. Um, and it's it, you basically, even though, like you said, it is a cooking show, um, you, it's almost like TV would rather prefer you having a, a not so great dish than your personality not be so great, you know, cause you have sure. to sell it. And that's, that's part of a lot of what we do is we have to upsell ourselves. And, and you also, at the same time, they want you to create drama. They want you to right. have a backstory. They want, you know, you look at America's Got Talent and they put this girl on the stage. You're standing there with a flute. And then the next thing you know, it's the backstory. You know, she was attacked right. by rabid dogs at the age of seven. And the flute is permanently <laughs> attached to her arm because it was her only way that she could defend herself from the dog. Like, that's the type of stuff that we're looking at these days. Did you just make that up? I totally I mean, did. I, did. I just, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> totally did. Made it up as we spoke. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. But you know what? Her I think sister that's what died I about. trying to save her while the dog was attacking <laughs> her and the flute was slightly damaged. You can see the bite at the end. We're now going to listen to her play Chopsticks. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know, the, this is what I have to say about, um, and this is why I love going and cooking for our military troops and women. Um, because yes, they, they love the fact that you are a Kiwi, but they love the fact that we go out there and cook for them and bring them a little bit of home um, more than they do, you know, some bands that go out there. I, I, I spoke to a couple of, um, actually she was a helicopter pilot and she took her patch off of her arm and gave it to me. And I just stood there like almost in tears and, and went, you know, why would you give this to, to me? You know, why would you not? And, and her words was like, she said, Linky, we can get bands and we get like really great artists and things that come out here. She said, but when you guys come, when mess lords come and they cook for us, we get a taste of home. We, we get that comfort. And, and you know what? I love that about being a chef. It's because we bring, number one, we bring different cultures together. You think about it. You, you get somebody from Asia, you may not understand a word, what they say, but if they cook us something, we, we're going to talk about that food, whether we understand each other or not, but we're going to talk about it. So, and so it's, number one, it brings cultures together. Number two, it gives you a comfort zone that cannot be fulfilled any other way. And the, they that's why they love us going out there to these yeah. different places. I have, uh, I, I mean, I've done a bunch of tours and I have a whole bunch of, I've, I've gotten some really cool stuff and there's, there is, there's nothing more, uh, nothing more of a sign of respect than when they actually take their patch off of their uniform and hand it to you or I've had some pretty cool things. Like I have a guy, I opened a restaurant in, in, in Wildwood, New Jersey. And one of the guys, he was a bartender. He was a really nice guy, very quiet, but he was a very nice guy. And he, he walked up to me one day and he, he said, Hey chef, I heard you are very, you do a lot of stuff with the military and that's really cool. And he handed me his MP patch oh, from wow. when he was in Afghanistan, which was really cool. And then I had another buddy of mine who, when I opened a restaurant last year, he came in, it was one of my restaurants. He came in and handed me, it's in my living room right now, a flag that he had flown 20 missions over Afghanistan. And they were a, a medevac, a medevac plane, basically. And he was oh involved gosh. in that. Wow. They flew the flag through 20 missions of rescues and he gave me some challenge coins. So there's a lot of really neat stuff that happens that way. And yeah. And to get that patch and it's like, you know, with that guy, I don't know if you remember when we first pulled into Isa, do you remember we pulled into Isa and the guy looked in the window and he's like, Holy shit, you're the guy from bar rescue. He's like, Duffy, I love yeah. you. Like went through the whole thing. And then he ended up, I remember I said, that. Come, he's like, come in and have, I said, come in and have lunch. He said, I don't know if I can, I'm on post today. I don't know if I'm going to make it in. I said, well, let's try to figure something out, whatever. And he came in and he walked in like full blown regalia. Like he had uniform on, he had guns slung over his shoulder, body armor, helmet, <laughs> the whole nine yards. And I was like, I got it. And he's like, dude, I love that fucking hat. And I had my, my make tattooing great again, hat or scary again. And I gave him that hat and he, he was like, well, I got to give you some. And I'm like, don't even worry about it. Like that was my favorite fucking hat though, by the way, Link, I love that hat. And I gave oh, it to the guy see, in Issa. It's in a better yeah. place. I agree. A better place now. Totally agree, and <laughs> that's like, the cool stuff. Oh yeah, do you remember the, the the one of the guys that volunteered for us in Djibouti? Um, the 
he was just so excited. I, I wanted to call him Smiley because he always had a smile. Oh, the, face. the real tall and guy. He was like a, he was a he was a chief. No, 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 not him. I'm talking about the other one. Um, like the chief was even cooler than anybody else. I mean, he was so yeah, into that's... like cooking and everything. But um, no, this is it was a little little short guy, and um, he was just all smiles and games and everything, and and just looked like a little bit of a goofball, and. I told him I loved his hat, remember? And then when he, he came back that day and I said, I'll trade hats with you. And um, I gave him the mess lord's hat and he gave me his hat. Turned out he's like special forces or some elite, like whatever. Oh, nice. he gave me a coin. I was like, why would he give, like, he's like super badass and I'm just a chef. And he's giving me his hat, you know, for a mess lord's hat. But they, yeah. that's what they love. They love us going out there and doing it. And just, it's so humbling. So well, how about- humbling. Do you remember coming out of Djibouti? Well, first off, rule number one, whenever going through any form of customs, TSA, border crossing, any of that is never have me be the lead person. Absolutely not. I agree. It's fucking rule (laughs) number one. Why they continue (laughs) to put me in the front of the pack so that I can get singled out. I can get accosted. I can be made to smoke a vape in front of people while chugging 25 <laughs> ounces of water because he didn't believe it was water and I had to prove it to him. But do you remember our conversation 20 minutes prior to that with, well, fuck it, we should just fill it with vodka before we get on the plane. <laughs> do you imagine if I had to drink that shit before we got on the plane, 25 fucking ounces? I would have I would have cracked up even more than so, I already cracked up. But I remember standing next to you as, as he pulls out my underwear, like every oh, single like, underwear and feminine stuff. And, and, and you're like looking at me like, Linky, don't laugh. Linky, don't laugh. <laughs> Linky, don't laugh. <laughs> this is not this is no joke. This is serious <laughs> offense. This TSA. This is serious you, offense. This, this is no joke. Like America's a joke. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> dude. And we had the special he, force guy with us from San Diego. Right, right, right. He, and he was just looking at this like, these guys just don't have a clue as, uh, as you're puffing on your vape. Totally. had. So, so everybody knows, I don't, one, I don't smoke. I, I had a vape. I had a vitamin B12 vape that That's I took with said. me to kind of boost my immunity as I roll through these, these countries and on these long trips with little or no sleep and, and you know, you're drinking or you're doing that shit, whatever it is. So I always have these kind of little things with me. So he went through, I have a little to me travel case that I keep like a set of Dyson. I have my antibacterial stuff. I've got peanut butter in there. I've got aspirin. And all that sort of shit. Don't make fun of me, Linky. I'm a good traveler. And chocolate you had chocolate in there too i think <laughs> i did have some chocolate yeah i like a little chocolate when i fly and yeah, uh, i know i know chocolate and peanut butter can't that's go wrong. right i had my chocolate and peanut butter so um all right so what's your what are you what are you doing now so you're getting ready to hop on to well no no, no i want to back up because i want to talk about your mother and your father oh, okay okay <laughs> i know because i thought it was like we had this crazy con we started talking about stuff and the next thing you know your mother's like this unbelievably accomplished artist who yeah so is beautiful oh thank you i'm gonna tell mom you said that i'm she, oh, I, who knows she may be listening but um yeah so I, you know what my, my my parents are my heroes um dad and mom packed up at the age of 40 with three teenage girls and immigrated to this great country called america with five thousand dollars in their pocket and um 
basically did everything to keep us girls safe, to get us a better future. Um, but the backstory of that is dad came over with, a, you know, a different company. Um, at the time, he was in so- software. Mom has always been um, a, a porcelain artist, well, a, a potter. Um, and then over the last few years since we've been in America, which next year is our 20-year anniversary, by the way, um, mom uh, is this, she's just developed into this um, internationally renowned um, porcelain artist. And she does translucent porcelain. Um, and it's provided by these different com- countries where she does, you know, demos and, and um, workshops and things. And so in the meantime, over the past, I guess, three, four years, she and dad decided to open up their first um, online business, um, which is basically, and it's the first international um, online uh, teaching school for porcelain. And I started out with porcelain. Now they're doing a whole bunch. They probably have about eight um, different artists now. And it's artists that's from all over the world. Um, and dad goes and shoots the classes. Um, they have woodwork people that's in the in the mixture. And you can basically, you can sign up for these classes all over the world. So that's got students from Iceland and Australia. Um, and uh, in the meantime, mom's doing, she's writing several books. Her first, her first book just went to print on porcelain. Um, and she's got about three, four more books that she's, um, she's writing and finishing up, um, right now anyway. Um, and yeah, she's just, she's just cool. One of her pieces are in the white house. So, um, yeah, wow. I'm very proud of mom and dad. They, they're very accomplished. Um, you know, we, um, we keep humble, humbling ourselves with just saying, you know, Hey, we're, we're immigrants to this country, but I, I mean, honestly, we're more patriotic than most most people that lives in this country. So um, we're very thankful for all the opportunities um, that America got us. You know, we're one of those people that say, you know what, if you're willing to hand like work, then you'll never, you'll never be, you'll never be hungry. And I'll sure. tell people, Duffy, and you guys can quote me on this one day when I lay my head to rest. I don't have money, but what I've got is two hands and I can do a lot of damage with it. Sure. So um, that's, that's my philosophy. Well, I don't have money yet, but I'm, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm working you're on working I'm on marrying one of those, you're so I'm, close. I'm, I'm, I'm so... marrying one of those rich doctors with the yacht. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's <laughs> no, not I'm you. Kidding. That's not you. I'm just kidding. No, I have to work. I love working. I love I cooking. So, but yeah, that's mom and dad in a, in a nutshell. So now what, so what's going to happen for you for the next couple of months? So you're going to be on a boat for the next two weeks. When do you, um, yeah, so, when do you take off? When are you leaving? So, um, I just heard it got pushed. So we're going to basically starting today, I'm, I'm going to leave Fort Lauderdale right, right now, drive up to West Palm when the boat is docked. Um, and, um, just see what they have grocery wise. I mean, provisioning for one of these yachts, um, even if just for two weeks, it, it takes an army, um, an army of Linky. And, um, <laughs> so basically, um, I go into these grocery stores like Publix and Whole Foods and I've got four cards lined up and, and that's just food, you know, then you have to get drinks. And so over the next couple of days, I'll provision, um, for the yacht. And then we leave on, I think it's Thursday. We leave to Baker's Bay. So we'll be underway. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how long it's going to take. That's maybe a, if I have to guess probably like an 18 hour trip on the ocean, I think. Um, and that's just guesstimate. Um, and then I'll be on the yacht for the next two weeks and then I come back and, um, then I'll be in shelter Island. Do you know where that is? Nope. I didn't either. I had to Google it. Um, so it's off of the Hamptons. It's in like New York city, like part. It's like, it's over there, like up cool. north. And what's the name? Um, of it? Shelter Island. Shelter, shelter Island. Island. Okay. 
Yeah. So one of the people that this is the great thing about working on yachts is, and, and freelancing, going back to freelancing and not being permanent on a boat is um, some of the people that's been chartering with me, they will fly me out to like California or Shelter Island in this case and just say, hey, can you come be our personal chef for the next two weeks? So I'll be doing that. Um, and then I'm doing a couple of events with the Green Egg along the way. And in the meantime, I'm still working on boats. So it's, it's going to be a busy fall. That's all I got to say. It's going to be a busy, busy fall. Well, that's cool. That's super cool. What, um, what is it? I mean, how is it that you're, and I want to get to talk about boat stuff real quick. First off, how are people finding you for these events? Are you working with the same crew, the same captain? Are you working with the same charter? How are you getting these gigs all the time? Um, so the yachting world is regardless of how big people think it is, it's, it's a really small world. And once you start making name for yourself, um, you know, you get offers left, right and center. You know, right. I just, I got another offer this, um, this past week to go work on a 160 foot motor yacht, which is, that's the biggest one I would have worked on so far. It's, it's really big. How many people, um, but, how many people would be chartering it or, or on it? Um, probably no more than 10 people at a time, but then you go into having a crew of like eight to 12 crew members. So are you, you know? cooking so for the guests and the crew? Yes. Cooking for guests and the crew. Oh, fuck that. Um, <laughs> it's fun. I love it. So, I mean, so if you're on a little bigger boat, then, you know, the crew food, like just, you know, you'll make like, um, you know, lasagna and then, you know, casseroles and stuff like that. But if you're on a smaller one, like the one I'm going to be on right now, the crew eats basically what the guests eat. You know, if the, if the guests are eating fillets or, you know, lobster, then that's what the crew gets too, you know? So it just depends on what boat you're on and how formal it is. Um, but to answer that question about how I get these gigs, so I've, I've, once you get into the system and people start to know about you, um, you keep getting, you know, offers. Uh, but there's also... Um, crew brokerage, um, I think that's what they call them, crew brokers, where they basically, you get, you send them their resume and they place you on different boats. Nice. So the boats, the captains will pay them to, to you know, send them crew. Um, and then, of course, there's websites where you can go and you can put your resume in. Um, but like I said, it's not just cooking. I mean, I, if I'm on smaller boats, sometimes when I get through cooking breakfast, I'm helping them take the jet skis down or you know, taking the guests for a snorkel or, you know, go paddleboarding with, with somebody that doesn't know how to paddleboard, you know? So it's, right. you basically do all of the above. And, and I think that's why I love it so much. You were saying you would work outdoors somewhere um, if you could. Well, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm working right. indoors and outdoors and doing what I love. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um, Where, it's not, it's, it's, what, what is your, so are you doing three meals a day? Yeah, three meals a day. So I start about six o'clock in the morning and then I do crew breakfast and then ask people as the guests start waking up, I cook on breakfast. Um, then I turn the galley, then I cook crew lunch, then I cook guest lunch, then I turn the galley and then maybe I have a 30 minute nap. <laughs> right. Back to my or nap. you're taking jet skis down. Or I'm putting jet skis down or I'm, you know, uh, making cocktails. Um, and then I start prepping for dinner. Then I'm feeding crew dinner. Then I'm, you know, first cocktails for the guests, um, antipasti plates. And then I do, um, dinner for the guests. And sometimes they, they schedule the dinner for eight o'clock and I won't, they get, you know, they, they won't really want to sit down and eat until 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, a lot of times I don't get out of the galley until about 12, one o'clock in the morning. And, um, then I have to, get my, right the, back up at six and do do it all over again. So 
Yeah. That's why I say when I work hard, I work really, really hard. And when I crash, I crash all over airports. And <laughs> <laughs> I need to get uh, on I'll that group text, by the way. I want to see all the pictures you you guys have of me sleeping. <laughs> it's not. It's just. It's just. It's just me and Pete. It's just me and Pete. I, I, we don't share. I don't. We don't share too much, especially when it comes to road stuff. We don't share too much. Uh, just cause there's no need to, you know, I mean, it's, right. there's a trust that happens, especially when you're on the road that you don't need to talk about certain things and, and you don't need to take pictures of right. certain stuff. You know I mean? Oh, I, I, you take pictures of everything. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I do. I take pictures of everything, but I don't show those pictures of everything. I'm so. the same way. I'm the same way. You know, and, and just on that note for a second, I think that's like very important with what we do and with TV and, um, you know, with, with our vibes, like, we have our public public lives, but we also we're still people. Like we we ha- we like our privacy every once in a while, you know. Yeah. So so I agree with that. Yeah, there's just there's certain stuff that you know. Look, I've been involved in situations where you know I've been to bachelor parties with guys taking pictures and getting other guys in trouble, and so you know I mean there's a oh, time yeah. for it, and and there's other times like I mean I've been out with people, I've been out with people when it gets a little shady or it gets a little crazy at night and you know, some guy starts bringing out his phone and I've said, Hey brother, this isn't that time. This isn't time to take pictures or videos or boomerangs or any of that stuff. Like let's, this is a little private time for everybody just to hang out when there's 10 people. And I'll, I'll never forget. I was in um, Long Beach, California shooting a commercial or shooting a show with my brothers. And it was the end of the day and we had wrapped and I invited everybody back to my room and everybody's out on the balcony and everybody's partying and we're having a fucking field day. And I took a, a selfie shot like I normally do with my head with a group of people all behind us. And I posted it. And one of my buddies was a cop and he was on duty and it was like three or four o'clock in the morning back east. And he texted me. He's like, delete the picture, dude. Delete the picture. And I'm like, why? What's wrong? And I look at the picture and there's like 12 dudes smoking bongs and bowls. And it literally was like a, like like Woodstock was happening on the deck of my hotel. And oh boy, uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. And I so I obviously I deleted that picture so that nobody was going to get in trouble or, or this was a couple of years ago before the 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 world understood that marijuana is okay, but it was pretty, <laughs> I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize the picture that I was taking and then posting and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh that. my goodness. But, um, all right, well, Link, I know you got to get ready. I know you got to rock and roll and go do your stuff. So, um, I just want to thanks for, thank you for kind of hopping on and taking some time and we get a little insight into the little world that Linky lives in, which is not so little. It's kind of global, which is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> so one last time, do me a favor, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you or find you. And then I also want you to tell us your mother's stuff too, because I think that her stuff's really cool and it's something neat that people should be able to see. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for the shout out and thank you for having me on. Um, I've had a blast. I always have a blast with you, Duffy. You need to hop on down to Florida so I can go show you this, this yacht. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm Linky Mare. I'm the only one on social media. Um, all of the social medias, um, that's out there. I mean, even Snapchat, I'm not good at it. Ask Duffy. I don't check it until two weeks later, but, um, L-I-N-K-I-E. And then my last name is M-A-R-A-I-S. But if you type in Linky in social medias and space with an M afterwards, it'll, it'll pop right up. And, um, then my mom is just porcelain by Antoinette and you saw it like you would Marie Antoinette. So it's porcelain by Antoinette. Um, Perfect. And 
um, again, thank you so much, Duff. I will definitely talk to you again soon in the near future. We'll maybe we'll be able to hook up in one of these cities. Yeah, um, you never grab know. A, grab a cocktail. So, that sounds good to me. Thanks, Link. Thank you, darling. Lots oh. of kisses. Mwah, mwah, mwah. That's my friend Linky, everybody. Uh, Linky's a blast. She's just a huge ball of energy kind of everywhere we go and, and just a big, bright kind of star that, that, uh, that hangs out there. Um, she's always the one who was kind of getting everybody motivated in the mornings when we were getting ready to take off and do our stuff. Uh, super fun and energetic in the kitchen, especially, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a little older than she is and I'm a little older than one of the other chefs with then Jim Smith, who was on tour with us. And, you know, I mean, uh, I have a different kind of kind of world when I walk into a kitchen than, than these guys do. And uh, Linky was pretty awesome with it. She's just got a really good energy about her. And it was really kind of fun also to be on tour with another with a female chef because we don't get to do that a lot. I've, I've done it one more one twice, I guess, one with uh, Selena Tio, Celine Tio out of uh, uh, Kansas City. And then, of course, my, my dear friend Sarah down there who owns Blue Moon in um, in Baltimore. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool to have that dynamic of having a female on tour with you, especially not just for us, but for for our good friend, Karen, uh, who runs Navy Entertainment as well. She gets to have a chick on on tour with her, which is always kind of fun. So, uh, you know, uh, just kind of a really quick recap. I mean, Linky does something that's totally different than most people get to do. Uh, you know, I asked her that question about have you worked in a restaurant? And and she did. She worked with M- Michelle Ragusas up there at Pearl in uh, in Providence, um, who, again, is another good friend of mine. Michelle's a wonderful human being, too. Maybe we'll get her on. She's super energetic and awesome. Um, <clears throat> and we like the same kind of women. So it's kind of funny. Uh, but uh, Linky is just a, a cool chick. So check her out and look at the world that she lives in with her yacht stuff and the pictures that she posts and the life that she leads with all of her food and wine events that she does and some of the crazy, uh, amazing travel that she gets to do. I got to follow her trip through Alaska when she did her cruise and her glacier jumping and her kayaking and running all over the area up there. It was really pretty amazing to see, um, which I guess is one of the really cool parts about social media because it kind of offers a new world to you than what you would normally be used or used to seeing. So, um, so check her out though. It's L I N K I E M A R A I S. Uh, Linky's pretty awesome. So uh, go follow her and check her out. And then again, the porcelain by Antoinette, uh, Linky showed me her mother's stuff and it's just stunning. Um, as a person who's looking for a secondary medium for my kind of creative brain that I have, um, not that I'm going to get into porcelain, but it kind of sparked my interest in sculpting and, and kind of some, some other neat stuff that goes along with that. So we'll see what happens. Who knows what's going to come out of it, but definitely get out there and check out those two accounts. I'm sorry. I have the hiccups now. I've been drinking coffee during the show. So um, get out there and check it out. Uh, that's what I have for everybody for this week. Um, I'd really like to thank Linky for hopping on. Um, we even had a little appearance in there by Jerry P. Tuck, uh, our producer. And so everybody knows uh, Jerry and Jason are guys down there in Tampa, Florida with RadioInfluence.com. Do me a favor. Please go to RadioInfluence.com and listen to some of the other podcasts that these guys produce and put out. Um, they're amazing. Everything from sports to marijuana to doctors to there's a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff out there. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, Flava Inya Ia with uh, Ian Beckles, uh, just a wonderful dude, uh, played for the Buccaneers down there. Uh, really, really awesome individual. I have said for a year and a half that I have a gift for him, which I do. 
It's just a matter of me handing it to him because I want to see a physical reaction as opposed to hearing about it uh, through somebody else's eyes. So I'm saving these gifts for him until I get back down to Tampa, which is not that far away. Um, This week coming up, I am uh, moving. So we're going to get as many guests on as possible uh, prior to uh, me taking off and getting on the road again. Um, So I've got a bunch of really cool people coming on. I want to say Tammy Aaron. We've got Pippi Longstocking who we're booking right now. We've got a couple of other fun chefs as well as some other uh, personalities that you guys are going to know that I'm really excited to talk to. So uh, we're going to bang all that out. Uh, And then I've got uh, like. I said, I'll be in spoke in out in Washington in August, I'm heading up to Canada for a couple of days. The first two weeks of August, check out uh, my daughter's going to be racing up there. So I'm excited to get up into New York and get up in through Buffalo and um, head up that way and check out some of the new food stuff that's going on on this little tour that I'm going to take heading up there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, I want to thank all of you for heading out here and checking us out. Uh, do me a favor, go to iTunes and give us a, just a quick review. You want to put three stars down there, go fuck yourself, but put five. If you really like us, um, you know, I love you. I'm joking when I say that my friends, but, uh, get out there and do it, you know, get on iTunes. And that's the stuff that kind of drives this show. It leads other people in there. The more reviews you get, um, the more followers you get, which is what we want. I want to be able to share this with people. I want to get it out there and, 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 and have people listen and have fun. Um, so check out uh, iTunes, get over there and do it. Review us. Uh, also thank Maggie Gagliardi for her amazing um, work that she puts together every week to put these shows together. Uh, the boys are radio influence. And then always Michelle out of techno solutions. Uh, look, Michelle is not just about graphic design and stuff when it comes to uh, the podcast and websites and whatnot. Michelle designs restaurants for almost all or menus for almost all of my clients. She puts together a tremendous package. Um, her pricing is unbelievable. Her personality is on point and you're really going to like the work that she does. So um, if you want to reach through me, uh, that's chef Brian Duffy at gmail.com. You can get to me. You can go to my assistant chef Duffy.assistant at gmail.com. If you guys have a guest that you want to have on the show, or if you guys want to be on the show, email us and we will definitely take care of getting you guys out here. So that's what I have. I want to thank each and every one of you for your time this week. I hope you have an absolutely amazing week and go out there and be nice to people, man. Take care. Didn't get Duffified enough. Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a dark to light with Frankenbeans quick fix on Radio Influence. Even though we see things that are being made and bombshells that are being dropped and testimonies that is contradicting everything that we've been made to believe about everything so far, things that should really shock the world, they're being buried underneath Whoopi Goldberg and her smoker's cough. That's exactly what the hell is going on with all this shit because they don't. There's no competition in media. It does. It's it's hard. It's hard to say. Okay, it's all right. We have Tucker Carlson. You know, it's that's very very hard. Sometimes it feels like you're fighting back against the tide and um and and that's that's what really comes down to that's what makes the days good or bad it's not that there isn't hope out there it's just that because of the illusions and the movie that is being orchestrated in front of our eyes on television elsewhere it feels like we're fighting against the tide 
Dark to Light with Frank and Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.